It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Gotta get this win. Get this win. Get one win. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. If I ever go to a game and my team doesn't care and they mail it in, I'm returning my season tickets. I don't care if you lose the game. You're going to lose, but act like you care. JT the Brick. We're trying to help the Raider fans get through these issues that they can't get through. And they just blame me, some of them, because they think, like, I hired the guys. JT's the guy who moved us from Oakland. JT's the guy who brought in Jimmy G. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy on the microphone from noon to two every day. And now, be ready. Here's JT the Brick. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good Father's Day, JT in Vegas. Thanks for listening all over the Raider Nation. On the Raiders mobile app, all you got to do is tell your friends to download that mobile app for free. Now, I get frustrated when people say, Where, where's your show? What do you mean, where's my show? It's right on the Raiders mobile app. Uh, Raiders have millions upon millions of followers when it comes to their hard drive and their website and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, everything that they have. It's real easy to follow the show. Tell your friends, download the Raiders mobile app for free. And then just click on the radio. I don't have a show unless I have that app. I need people to understand. Just listen on that app or listen on Alexa. Listen on TuneIn. Just ask for Raider Nation Radio. A couple of things before Harry Ruiz joins us. You know, the little 10-year-old boy, Jeremiah, the reporter who first interviewed Devontae Adams. He interviewed Devontae before I did. And I've been with the Raiders going on 25 years. He was a big part of our Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame gala on Friday night. He was fantastic. He interviewed everyone who got honored on stage afterwards. He was so prepared. You know, people say he's cute. He's this or that. The guy's tremendously prepared at 10 years old. So we were sitting, talking backstage, and he was talking to my co-host about it. And he said, well, you know, people thought of me first as a Raiders reporter, then an NFL reporter. And he goes, then I interviewed the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, And he goes, now I'm a journalist. And when he said that, the whole room just was in the palm of his hand. He's 10 years old. So I want to thank Jeremiah for assisting us on Friday night. He was great. And then one of the highlights of my career, of my entire career, Dick Calvert introduced me and introduced me as his friend. And Dick, 53 years as the voice of the Rebels. Let me repeat that. 53 years, the voice of UNLV. And for 24 years the voice of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame as I'm taking over in his role. And that was an honor. That was a great honor on Friday night. And I went up to Dick and his wife afterwards and thanked him very much. And then everybody behind the scenes who puts it together and John Sassenti, my very good friend, who's also in charge of the Las Vegas Bowl. And John is pulling in some big college football games in this community. Lon Kruger got inducted. My friend and neighbor, Kevin Higgins, a uh, great baseball coach over at UNLV. And what a speech by Connor Fields, the BMX gold medalist. He gave one of the best speeches I've ever seen. No notes. It was about him, so it's easy to give a speech when you're talking about yourself, you would think. A lot of people can't do it. He went out and did it and knocked it out of the park. So put up some pictures on Twitter, at JT the Brick. If you take a look at the pictures, we had a great night and rolled right into the victory parade. I'll talk about that later on this hour. Here's a busy guy. Whenever he's on the radio, we're better off for it. He sits in for me, and he's not a fill-in, man. This guy's a host on top of all the reporting he does and the Spanish voice of the Silver and Black. 
Harry Ruiz. Harry, good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, the soccer was pretty interesting. Looks like this United States men's national team starting to become legit. How do you see it? Yeah, and they actually got the Mexico coach fired four months after he got hired. So that was pretty big for the U.S. being able to win the Nations League, their second Nations League in a row, doing it out here in Las Vegas. Of course, not the best-case scenario for CONCACAF because the best-case scenario for them would have been Mexico against the U.S. Mm -hmm. in the championship game on Sunday. But instead, it was the semifinal. The stadium was packed for that. And then Sunday in the final, they had pretty much half of the crowd earlier in the day for the third place game for Mexico. And then the other half of the crowd in later in the day for the final for the U S but that was pretty cool for the U S to do. And you know what? Changing of the guard, the U S has dominated Mexico pretty much since 2019. Yeah. So they're going in stronger into the gold cup. Harry, a lot of bad press for the Mexican, Mexican-American fans because of the slurs and how the USA game, the stoppage time, they ended the game before that. And specifically what they're saying, and we won't use that here on this broadcast, on terrestrial radio, but I had a really interesting conversation with someone the other night who said the only way this is going to end is if the Mexican fans are told by the Mexican players that if you continue to do this, we're going to lose because we're going to forfeit or we're going to be a man down. And if they continue to go into games and their fans are, are screaming this horrific slur and then they get a warning and then they get a warning again, and then they lose a player and go man down, they're not very good to begin with. They're going to lose a lot of games. Is it the job of the Mexican soccer players to hold the press conference and tell their fans to calm down and stop this nonsense? They've tried doing it before. They've posted videos on social media. They've recorded videos of the players before the game and shown them on the big screen. They've started games uh, after they do the national anthems, give the microphone to the players on the field to say, please don't say anything that is discriminatory to any kind of people in the world. And they still do the chant. And unfortunately, Mexico has already played games in empty stadiums as a, as a warning to be like, yo, this is, you can't go to this game because the doors are closed due to you guys screaming that kind of stuff. I mean, the next thing would be try to warn them and be like, Hey, you won't be in the world cup that's played in Mexico. If you keep doing these chants. And that's mm -hmm. just, I mean, that chant, if you ask Mexican people, there's some people that are offended by it, others that aren't offended by it, but that's the thing. If, it, if you offend, even if it's five people, don't do it. Why even do it? So it's it's crazy, and the, it got dirty. Two two players from each team, U.S. and Mexico, got ejected. A lot of stuff being thrown on the field, and it's just sights that you don't want to see in soccer games. Harry Ruiz joins us. Uh, check him out on all his different platforms. So I want to move over to the Golden Knights, and when you were hosting some remotes, and you know Jesus Lopez very well, and just being embedded and around this team more so than you ever have been the last couple of months, and especially the weeks, building up to the Stanley Cup final, the championship, and the parade. What was your big takeaway, not only in the Latino community, for some of the newer fans who weren't hockey fans, and how this city came together for the Stanley Cup? So I, I'll say I love it. The fans, the culture they, they demonstrated, even in celebration, was fantastic because I'm from L.A. 
Every time the Lakers win a championship, you see cars being flipped, you see fires left and right, and it's like it's supposed to be a celebration. It's not supposed to be a thing where you got helicopters flying all around downtown showing bad images of the city. Vegas, everybody celebrated. I went out on the strip the night of the parade, and I love seeing on the promenade tons of Golden Knights jerseys and people still celebrating the, the win, and I absolutely love my man Jesus Lopez, the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the Golden Knights, being invited to the parade and having his Mexico flag and celebrating it and seeing a lot of English speakers yelling Jesus, Jesus, and him getting all his flowers, getting all his love because they deserved it. The Golden Knights, this is their city, and now it's the the Raiders' turn to be like, hey, we want to get in on the party. We want to earn these fans love and be a part of this winning culture in Las Vegas, and I hope 2023 is the year they do it. All right, Harry Ruiz is our guest as we wrap it up. So the Raiders, when they have their mandatory minicamp, the OTAs, look, the elephant in the room is there's some pretty big guys who are not practicing. So there's no Josh Jacobs, Jimmy Garoppolo recovering from his foot procedure, and obviously the number one pick overall. When you got an edge rusher who had a previous foot issue, that's going to be a bit of an issue coming in. But all are set to play. Josh Jacobs is 100% healthy, led the league. I believe from talking to Jimmy G, seeing him multiple times, he's going to be fine, I hope. And then, you know, Tyree Wilson, he he went through this process of getting his foot fixed before the draft, and the Raiders did the medicals and knew exactly what they were getting. So how are you dealing with the fans that want to see these guys out there, and now we're going to have to wait all the way to training camp? That takes away a little bit of the energy on this radio show and other shows because we can't see these guys out there, and we want to see them sooner than later. Yeah, it gives us more to talk about. And even like Josh Jacobs, I saw a video of him on social media. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. He's still getting his work in. He's not just laying in bed or staying sitting in the couch watching TV. No, he's getting his work in. Just like last year he did so in Florida with other running backs while the offseason was going on and there were no OTAs or training camp. He was still getting this work in. So Josh Jacobs, he's a beast, and we already saw what he could do in a contract year last year. If he's going to play again with a one-year contract, he's going to beast out. Would we had loved to see him out on the field in OTAs? Of course selfishly that's the best thing to do get the chemistry going but look at the end of the day it's also a running back that you give him the ball and you need the blockers the offensive linemen to cover him are they back yes most of the offensive linemen that block for him are there so josh jacobs in my opinion is the least of the worries you would have loved to see jimmy garoppolo getting the chemistry on with his new teammates with mostly new weapons that he has on this team but at the same time you prefer him to be healthy for training camp you prefer him to be healthy for when preseason rolls around in those joint practices with the Niners and the Rams. You prefer him to be healthy once the regular season starts. So why hurry something when you can actually be patient and the end result potentially be better instead of just trying to rush something and then just end up with nothing in your hands going into week one? Hey, lastly, my Yankees stink, but your Dodgers might be worse. What the hell is going on with the Dodgers? I mean, the Yankees, to me, I went on a Twitter rant and I tried to avoid it on Father's Day. I was too busy watching golf, but Yankees went up to the last place Red Sox and just got their butts handed to them. They, they were a joke. And then the Dodgers, the hated rival of the Giants, and how dare the Giants, which is a average to mediocre team, and that's a compliment, go into Chavez Ravine. It looked like the Dodgers were sleepwalking and had no interest. Is there any chance that Dave Roberts is on the hot seat? 
I don't think he's in the hot seat. It's just the situation where the bullpen was terrible this past week. They were awful. They were the worst version of the Dodgers bullpen that we've seen in a very long time. And I posted it on Twitter. I was like, look, Dodgers have been swept before. They will be swept again. But the way they got swept by the San Francisco Giants this weekend in L.A. was embarrassing, was something that just infuriated me that I couldn't believe. And fortunately, Saturday's game, I wasn't able to watch it because I was working a soccer game. And then afterwards, I picked up a friend at the airport and I was like, hey, what was the score at the Dodgers game? And then I checked 15 and nothing. Is there a glitch on my phone? Is something wrong with Google? Because this can't be. And then I was watching, I was having dinner late at night, and they had the game in the background, and it was like 0-0 in the 15th inning. I was like, how the heck did we lose a game 15 to nothing where Bobby Miller was pitching uh, a shutout four innings into the game? It was just embarrassing to see the way the bullpen pitched. But it's a long season. They still got to play through October, and I hope this was just a weekend that is going to help them uh, reshift their focus because it certainly wasn't there. And guess what? We go from the the Giants, our most hated rival, to the Angels this this week, and then the Astros on the weekend. So they better get their act together. If not, then we might be talking about that seat being hot for Dave Roberts. Well, I'll tell you, I saw you tweeted out, Otani, uh, do not touch him. He's going to be a Yankee. I'm a Yankee. We, we're the Yankee universe. We're not a Yankee nation. And my Yankees have to clear cap space, get rid of Stanton, not Judge, yeah, Colin Judge, everybody else. I want Otani in New York City. You want Otani with your Dodgers, and he's not going to stay with the Angels. This is the really big elephant in the room in all of baseball, Harry. The Angels have to move Otani, but they can't now because they're good. They're a playoff team. They're a World Series contender if Otani's playing at the MVP and Trout's right behind him. So I think Artie Moreno's really stuck now because he might get nothing for Shohei Otani. Oh, Artie Moreno is one of the worst owners in professional sports. I have no clue how you're able to go with, what has it been now, four years of Otani and Trout and have zero playoff wins? I mean, come on. You got two of the best players in baseball and you can't even get a win in the playoffs? That's terrible. But, I mean, I think the the moves the Dodgers did this year, this is a down year for the Dodgers, JT, and it hasn't even been that bad. Mm -hmm. But they didn't go for any big fishes in the offseason. If it weren't for Trevor Bauer being reinstated, they would be below the, the the tax, the luxury tax. So it was like the Dodgers were trying to stay below it to then go swing big for the fences next year for Otani. And I still think they're going to do it. But, heck, you guys are going to have Otani and Judge if, if the Yankees get it. That would be $1 billion in contracts between two players. That yeah, would be I, I'm joking on that. I think the Dodgers – have the best chance to get them. I think the Mariners, the gateway to the Pacific Rim, have the money to do it. The Cubs are a team, but whoever gets Otani, it's going to be the largest contract in baseball history, rightfully so, because he's still young. He can hit. One of the biggest in sports. Yeah, one of the biggest in sports, no doubt. A messy Ronaldo-type deal. Harry, thanks for all, everything you do here. I appreciate you very much. I'll see you soon, my friend. Or, heck, one of the, those JT the Brick contracts, those are big, too. Oh, well, you know, we, we try to hold on to them. There you go. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> Harry, uh, joining <laughs> us, uh, we always appreciate when Harry comes on the show or hosts the show for here. Harry's part of my tree, I like to say, because I was one of the first guys to hear him and said, man, that guy's good. Let's get him on the radio, man. I need some time off from time to time. I got to go to the dentist. I got to go travel. I got to take a weekend off. Let Harry go. Harry's a big part of this lineup now. He's fantastic. And he's the voice of the Raiders. 
the Spanish voice of the Raiders. You understand what that title means? How, how many Latino Raider fans there are globally? Oh, my God. If uh, you know, I'm a former stockbroker. If I'm buying stock, I'm buying stock in Harry Ruiz. I could tell you that as we continue on. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best meats I ever had. Here's how it works. Uh, Bobby's going to send this to Grimaldi's because it's true. My in-laws are here today. My wife's taking them on the strip. It's going to take them to the flowers at Bellagio. You've all done that. The flowers, it's just gorgeous. So my mother-in-law loves flowers. My father-in-law loves it too. And then on the way back, they're going to go to Grimaldi's. They're going to pick up some pizzas and bring them back to the house for tonight. So my sons can devour them. They're going to go to Boca Park. They're going to get Grimaldi's. They're going to get the Brooklyn Bridge, which is a great pizza to get there. A couple of salads, and we'll have a Grimaldi's night here at the house. Thanks to Harry Ruiz, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Truly the best pizza I've ever had. Coming up next, I want to give you my perspective of the parade. I'm not a parade guy. I don't want to go to the parades. I respect parades, but I like championship parades. So a couple of name drops and storylines there, and being on the strip on a parade night. And then Mark Anderson will join us a little bit later on from the AP, the incomparable journalist, on what has happened and what has changed in Las Vegas in just one week's time. Appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you had a great Father's Day. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue JT Parade Talk. Coming off the weekend, U.S. Open, all the great sporting events. And again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Hope you had a great, fantastic Sunday with your dad, talking to your dad if your dad passed away. Maybe having a moment of time to think back on all those great memories. I was on the air last night for four hours, 5 to 9 p.m. on Sirius XM Mad Dog. I took a lot of dad calls. I asked people, give me your best memory with your dad. I do that once a year. Great phone calls about early games and first time I went to a game. My dad was my coach and all of that, and I love that. So I hope you had a great weekend and found some time to celebrate Father's Day. As we get back into the parade talk, a couple quick things. I was going over the parade with Bobby, and Bobby did a great job all year as he was anchoring and putting together the Golden Knights broadcast. The parade, going into the parade on Saturday was a little bit, I wouldn't say concerning, but confusing. A lot of people didn't have great information on the parade. I guess they didn't have to give us much. They were going to come down Flamingo. They were going to go to Tropicana and end up at Toshiba Plaza. So I had a great night the night before. I was able to emcee the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame event. We mentioned the Golden Knights a few times during the program. And a lot of people that I talked to, and there were some big people in that room who know a lot, had no idea what was going on. They're just saying, hey, we're going to the parade. So my wife and I, had dinner reservations with another couple at one of the best restaurants I've ever gone to in my life. They're not a client, but I want to give them a plug, Ocean Prime, which is the brand-new Chop House, which is not just a steakhouse. It's incredible. It's right on the curve at Harmon and the Las Vegas Strip. So we had there was a patio out there, even though we were sitting inside in the restaurant, and the patio looks out onto Las Vegas Boulevard right at the Harmon Curve where F1 is going to be. That will be the premier, the premier location to watch F1 unless I'm forgetting something. I mean, it was that good. So we got there for dinner, 
at around 6 o'clock, and we looked out on the patio, and we said, wow, eventually they're going to come down here and make that turn, and we'll be able to at least see the Stanley Cup and the parade because we were more interested at that point in going to a great dinner and seeing another couple. That was our plan. And by 7 o'clock, the parade was already there. And I thought the parade was starting at 7. I didn't think it was going to get down Las Vegas Boulevard, starting at Bellagio and getting all the way down to New York, New York. I just assumed they'd get there around 8.30 or so. And everybody in the restaurant got out of their seats and went outside on the patio. And my wife got some great video, and Stone came out of the bus with the Stanley Cup and put it up. And it was a great place to watch the parade because there wasn't that many people there. But I was confused, and I was saying to the people I was with, what's going on here? It's still sunlight. Why are they doing this here? And I guess they started the parade a little bit early. And they got down Las Vegas Boulevard very quickly. I thought they were going to go at a snail's pace, and they didn't. So the goal was to get to Toshiba Plaza. So when we finished up our dinner, we headed over that way as it was wrapping up. And we weren't in the crowd. We weren't in the craziness of the crowd. But we got there right as it was ending. So we were walking into the Sea of Humanity as everybody was walking out. And we went over to the Park MGM. We had a cocktail there. And we saw so many people with kids having a great time coming off the parade. And it looked like the happiest day of their lives. So sports can bring a community together. No doubt about it. Sports brings everybody together. And we had one of the most epic events, sporting events, with the Stanley Cup last week on Tuesday and then the parade on Saturday and everything in between. And to think that these players left to go to Whitefish, Montana with Mr. Foley to his ranch, and now they're coming back and they're doing mass signings around town. They're signing autographs. They're doing team group signings. This is a big business, a huge business. And Vegas is going to sell a lot more memorabilia than Florida would have won. If Florida won, so it's a big swing for these memorabilia companies with all these signatures and the players. And some of the players here are going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not well over millions throughout their career, just signing Stanley Cup and signing all these jerseys and pictures. And just congratulations to everyone. Just a little bit of the parade. Uh, Here's George McPhee, along with the owner, Bill Foley, as they kicked it off at Toshiba Plaza. Cup in six. We did it. We did it. All the naysayers. How can you have hockey in the desert? How can they ever win? What are they going to do? Play on the sand? They'll never, they'll never win in Las Vegas. It'll never be anything. And boy, you guys were patient. We have a great team that's been put together for all the way from the hockey outside, the business side, and our players. And they're all engaged. And I'm so proud to be part of this organization. And I'm proud to be a Las Vegan. I'm proud to be here. Bill said, we want our team to be committed to teamwork, service to this great city, and integrity in all things. I believe we've delivered on that mandate. Our teamwork just delivered the Stanley Cup. Really happy for them both. You know, George McPhee, we got him on the radio a bunch the first couple of years here. I haven't talked to him much since, but he's done a nice job, and they've done a really good job building the roster, and Mr. Foley has stepped out of the way and said, whatever you need, whatever you need to build this roster, go ahead and do it. And the entire team of the Golden Knights built a brilliant roster, and I think the key addition was getting Mark Stone, who ended up being the captain of this team. When Stone came to Vegas, 
you knew he was going to be the captain of the team. Braun, big, strong, uh, a first-line type of guy or second-line guy who could lead the team. A tough guy with a lot of grit and at times finesse. Here's the captain of VGK. First, I'd love to thank Governor Lombardo for, you know, making sure this could happen, you know. Um, well, uh, this is an incredible, uh, incredible day for, for me and my teammates. Um, I don't know, I'm trying not to tear up here, sorry. On Tuesday night when we were rolling, uh, I think it brought tears to the guys' eyes and on the bench. We knew we were going to win no matter what it took. You know, we're the ones up here uh, celebrating this Stanley Cup, but the crowd, the building that we have every night, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season, you know, we, we bring, you guys bring it. You bring it every night. Makes it, uh, makes it special for us. Really does. We got some guys who have, who've been here since day one. Um, I think a lot of us who have come here uh, after that first year, we were a little nervous to come to Vegas. We didn't know exactly what you know, we were signing up for, but it's an incredible community, an incredible community. You know, God, you guys have supported this team since day one. Uh, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us on this team have, have been here uh, after that first year, but you know, this team's this team, this city, the bond that they've built, we've been committed to winning. You know, and here we are, Stanley Cup champ. So all that went down and those speeches were nice. So eventually my wife and I made it back home. We took a cab, not an Uber, because Uber was surging insanely. So I parked MGM, we got in a cab and got out of there and got back to our home. And one of my sons who went to the parade was already home, and my other son was coming back home. And we sat around the kitchen table, and we talked for two hours because my in-laws are in town, my father-in-law and mother-in-law. And we were getting ready for Father's Day yesterday, and we talked about the parade. And, you know, the big story was William Carlson, who clearly was fueled up, had a lot of pops, had a lot of drinks, and who cares? He should. He's young. He took his shirt off. They had to take his microphone away, and that's fine. That's, that's all cool. He didn't embarrass himself. Everybody was laughing, having a great time. You're allowed to get fueled up on your championship parade. Now, if you're doing that at another event, at a corporate event, or an event where you're not supposed to, that's a different story. But when you take your shirt off and you're in front of a couple of hundred thousand people, and that's another thing. I don't know how many people went. I didn't know how many people were going to go. It was big, but it wasn't enormous. It wasn't 1.2 million that the Red Wings had. There wasn't a million people like the Patriots had with one of their duck boat parades. I don't know. What would you say? A couple hundred thousand? Maybe 150,000? I don't know the number. It's all over the place. If you have a firm number on that or someone put that out, uh, tweet at me, at JT the Brick. But it was a big crowd. And most of it, most of it was at Toshiba Plaza where my buddy Mark Chinook was the MC. He did a great job. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless was on stage with the Cup. And there's many, many, many more people to talk about. Ryan Wallace, Ryan the hockey guy, our team here, everybody who worked behind the scenes at Lotus on the flagship station. Congratulations to them. I haven't talked to all of them, but I hope they really took advantage of the perks of either getting on the bus or having great access at the parade because everybody deserves it here. 
And finally, let's thank Metro, which I often do. And I love thanking firefighters and police officers and emergency workers. And everybody works to keep everybody safe. Because I do know a couple of people who are not going to go to the parade because they were concerned about that. Not concerned about what happened with the shooting that killed 58 people. That was in the back of everyone's mind. And obviously Mark Chinook made an unbelievable speech about that, pointing to the banner of all the names that were lost. I thought that was a great way to kick off the parade to remind everybody that there were fans who were not able to, but to attend. And that initial story, what happened on 1 October, galvanized this team and community to get behind the Vegas Golden Knights. So nice job to everybody who kept everybody safe. I thought the traffic moved reasonably well. As I was walking from Toshiba Plaza, uh, or excuse me, I was walking from Ocean Prime to Toshiba Plaza, you could see the strip being torn up for F1 right around that Harmon Curve where they just tore up the road. And there's going to be some F1 traffic here, but it's going to be bigger, much bigger, much bigger than anything that's happened in this town other than a Stanley Cup championship or a Super Bowl. There's going to be more economic impact with F1 than from what I'm hearing with the Super Bowl or anything that the Golden Knights have done. So that's going to take work, construction, patience, and all of that as that's coming right behind us in November here. So I got a chance to see the road, and that's a big job, and they're going to resurface it more than once. But our community came together. And for everybody who I saw Friday night at the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, as I think we all brought a community together for all of these inductions and great moments and unbelievable conversations. And then a few of the people I bumped into at the parade and got a chance to come together with my in-laws and my kids and my wife. We'll have that memory for a lifetime. And hopefully we'll have more memories like that. It would take the Raiders to win a Super Bowl. The Aces already had a parade. Let's see what UNLV can do years from now when it comes to basketball. But we are now the sports and entertainment capital of the world, and that's no debate. And we got a chance to see that. And want to thank Mr. Foley and the entire organization for bringing that much joy into our lives where we can go from a Stanley Cup win relatively easy. It was relatively easy in five games, not have to go back to Florida, sweat out a seventh game, and then have a parade at night, the first ever evening parade in professional sports history to pull it off safely and for everybody to have a great time. It's going to be tough to top that last week. That last week was amazing, and hopefully we're able to do it again and again with the Golden Knights and our other professional sports teams in town. Then I watched Wyndham Clark win the U.S. Open on Father's Day, and last night wrapped up Father's Day with a nice cerveza, a nice Modelo, and a cigar, and I kicked in my backyard, and the wind was blowing, and the stars were out, and I was talking to my family about what a week. Let's not forget this week. Let's be grateful and let's appreciate what we have here in Las Vegas from a sports-related sports story side. It was great. Couldn't be any better. Bravo to Las Vegas, to Golden Knights, and all the fans that came out in support as we continue. Uh, we're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group, Orlando and Alex DeCastaverde. Uh, their family law firm is spectacular. You see their billboards all over town. They're partners with us on Raider Nation Radio. I want to thank the DeCastaverde Law Group for supporting us all through this Stanley Cup run as their Stanley Cup Golden Knight fans and their big Raider fans, and they're our proud partner yearly, the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get into a car accident, 702-222-9999. There's a lot of bloviators out there. I call them the testosterone guys screaming how great they are and how they won't charge a fee until they win, and we're going to win, win, win. 
go with two gentlemen that have a track record of success because of the legacy of their father and what they built here throughout the state and especially in Southern Nevada. The DeCastaverde Law Group, 702-222-9999 as we continue on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. Graham to Wilson to Young over to the corner to Gray follow a Jag Chelsea Money Gray doing her thing she's got 10 on the night four for five from the field it's our friend TC Martin on the call JT as we wrap it up I bring in Mark Anderson from the AP the great Vegas journalist knows the history of this town as good as anybody uh, Mark, let's begin with the championship and the parade, the combination here. When you look at the Mount Rushmore of Las Vegas sports history, it's definitely on the Mount Rushmore. How high do you have it up there? It's right up there with the 90, uh, you know, the basketball championship. I'd probably put it a touch above what the Rebels did. Um, because I think um, one of the pro sports championships, I think just kind of separates it, but it's not much above. I mean, they're they're pretty much neck and neck, and I'm not. And you know, I guess you, you know, I don't know if you have any other titles on that Mount Rushmore. Maybe you have like the Raiders coming to Las Vegas on there. Um, you know, maybe you know, you might have the Super Bowl on there eventually. But yeah, I mean, that, those two are neck and neck. Yeah, I think you have to put it up there. Look, UNLV basketball. Not only was that one of the great moments in Vegas history, that's one of the greatest teams in college basketball history, no debate. You know, I can't put this Vegas Golden Knights team as the greatest hockey team of all time unless they start a dynasty here. But, you know, the 1 October mark, I think, has a lot to do with this. And everybody pointed it out along the way. And the 58 who were shot and killed at that horrific event there, that's a part of this from year one to year six and how the community was galvanized to do it. Do it for that coming off one October. I think that has a lot to do with this as a legacy play. Yeah, and I think what was what makes that so important is they, the, the, the Golden Knights reacted right away. It wasn't like, you know, a week later they did some sort of tribute to the victims or anything like that. No, it was the next morning they were out there. And I think that resonated with the community. I mean, the Las Vegas is already excited about finally getting a, a major pro team here and, and its first game, you know, on the horizon and all that. So there was already quite a bit of buzz built up for that but when the community saw how the players and and the and management and all that responded the next morning i think i think that created a bomb with this team that it's just really hard to break uh, mark anderson is our guest from the ap you know mark i i'm not going to dive into what they have to do aiden hill the goaltender was a third or fourth string goaltender this is a franchise that had mark andre flory and robin leonard when he came here and again his issues off the ice everybody's familiar with it and it's really sad what's happened to him but i cannot believe this team won the cup with someone that they weren't expecting to be an everyday goaltender and then he played out of his mind and he was the rock of this team and a lot of people said well he didn't have to block as many shots no the team blocked a lot of shots but hill had so many big saves that could have killed the momentum of the entire playoffs in the Stanley Cup. If he lets a cheap one in and then a deflection in and next thing you know, they got to pull him in a game and things are going ugly, this changes everything. He wore a Larry Johnson jersey to the parade. I think he's an unsung hero in Vegas sports history. 
it's a, it's remarkable. I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect to see another goalie as celebrated uh, shortly after Flurry as, as Aiden Hill, but no one got consistently louder cheers during the playoffs than him. And you you hit it right on the head. It was yeah. It's a goalie friendly system. There's no doubt about it. But he had to make some remarkable saves, and he did. And just take even the, the clinching game. You know, you know, there um, Florida's on a power play early in the game. Uh, great look, and and he stones them. If they so what, and then Florida. I mean, you know, uh, the Golden Knights wind up scoring a shorthanded goal in that. That's a two goal swing right there, and that mm-hmm. set the tone right away because the Golden Knights came out. You could tell they they came out tight. Uh, they, they they felt you could see they felt the weight of that game on them. But it, once that sequence happened, where he makes the save and then Stone gets the shorthanded goal, the, the game changed right there. I mean, it's, I think the Golden Knights probably still win the game, even if even if Florida scores there. But it, it's a different game. Yeah, no doubt. Mark Anderson, as we wrap it up, I, I think the Bill Foley told Chris Matthews on Eight News now. They did an exclusive that if the cap goes up $5 million, he'll spend it. I, I really believe Mr. Foley and the brass behind the scenes here, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, they rolled the dice. Getting Jack Eichel while he was recovering from surgery, making the Barbashev move, which was huge. Aiden Hill, they nailed that move when they brought him up and made him active. You know, I'm led to believe that they're going to continue to do this. I think that Eichel... It's going to be coming into his prime. He should be the face of the franchise. Stone should have, I don't know, because he's going to get injured, but he could have a couple of years left. Theodore, the great players, Alec Martinez has won a couple of cups. He's getting older. I don't know the strength of the minor leagues, but I have confidence that this owner is going to spend money in free agencies and pull off blockbuster trades if this team is close to contending. Yeah, I mean, they've shown that from the beginning. I, and So I don't have any reason to doubt that. That, that will continue. I think they will. They do have some tough decisions, and Aiden Hill being one of them. He's a free agent. They have to they have to ask themselves: Was this a lightning in the bottle kind of moment with him in the playoffs, or is this really who he is? And I think they're probably going to talk themselves into saying they they won the cup with five different goalies, and that they can they've proven they don't necessarily need an A one goalie there. Um, We'll see if that's true. We'll see if it works out that way. They also have to make a decision on Barbashev. you got to figure he probably made some money for himself in the offseat of free agency. Uh, are they willing to, to match that? He said he wants to be here, but it, you know, it sounded like he was pretty open going anywhere. And then Marcia so he's got a year left on his deal, but beginning July 1st, they can negotiate an extension, but he's also 32 years old. So that will be said the way they handle it. So it, it's, it's, they have a window here. Um, they drink, I think it's 16 and 18 skaters are under contract for next year, so they definitely have a window to run it back and, and try to win it again. But, you know, the, you've seen these windows. They close pretty quickly, so they, they better take advantage of it. Hey, Mark, lastly, what's next on the calendar? What are you hearing about the F1? Because I saw some of the construction, and, man, I mean, that was some serious construction going on down there. Is everybody everybody good with this? Uh, it's going to be part of what happens here in town and i'm okay with that it's going to take some time to figure yeah. out what they're going to do here and uh, i think people need to be patient what are you hearing yeah i mean same thing when they start building the a stadium it's going to be a mess around there but yeah it's uh uh yeah i think this you know locals don't really drive down las vegas boulevard much anyway so i don't know how much it's really going to take the average las vegas you know um but it's i think when this thing actually happens 
you know, with the whole world sees it, I think it's going to be incredible. And I think it's going to really take the city to another level in this, not the sports, in the, not just in this country, but in, in the country, in the world uh, from a sports standpoint. And I think it's already being viewed much differently in Las Vegas, but it's going to be after this, especially if it goes off well. I mean, if it's a disaster, it's a different deal. But if it goes off well, then Las Vegas will, will definitely take a step up, and who knows what that could lead to. Absolutely. Take care, Mark. Talk to you in a couple of Mondays. Enjoy the summer. All right. Thanks so much, JT. Appreciate you having me Mark, Mark Anderson. Fabulous. Fabulous. Fabulous to have him on the show here. Appreciate that. And I'm ready to roll. I want to get to Mark Stone. Uh, let's play the Mark Stone captain speech from the parade. Bobby saved this for the end of the show. I think it's appropriate we play this coming off the parade in the Stanley Cup championship for the Vegas Golden Knights. The captain of your Golden Knights. Stanley Cup champions, Mark Stone. party city, but does it get any fucking better than this, eh? Uh, first, love to thank Governor Lombardo for, you know, making sure this could happen, you know. Um, well, uh, this is an incredible, uh, incredible day for, for me and my teammates. Um, I don't know, I'm trying not to tear up here, sorry. Um, <laughs> um to Bill Foley for bringing the team here. Um, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon for putting their trust in uh, this team. Um, you know, after last year, I think they could have gone a different way, but they believed in this team because they knew we could bring the bring the Stanley Cup here to Las Vegas. You know, to the coaching staff, to the players, uh, I think as a whole, we thank you guys for you know being the best fans in the world. Um, doesn't get any better than this, man. Uh, on Tuesday night when we were rolling, uh, I think it brought tears to the guys' eyes and on the bench. We knew we were going to win, no matter what it took. You know, we're the ones up here uh, celebrating this Stanley Cup, but the crowd, the building that we have every night, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season. You know, we, we bring, you guys bring it. You bring it every night. Makes it, uh, makes it special for us. It really does. Um, man, 
<laughs> you guys are the best. You guys are the best. Uh, go, Knights, go! some guys who have who've been here since day one um, I think a lot of us who have come here uh, after that first year we were a little nervous to come to Vegas we didn't know exactly what I you know what we were signing up for but it's an incredible community an incredible community you know God you guys have supported this team since day one uh, a lot of us you know, a lot of us on this team have, have been here uh, after that first year, but, you know, this team's this team, this city, the bond that they've built, we've been committed to winning, you know, and here we are, Stanley Cup Champion. Well, I took the mic away. Thank you guys. I couldn't be couldn't be happier to be standing up here right now. Thank you. Your captain, Mark Stone. All right. So I wanted to play that because Mark Stone deserves that. As the captain of the Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, on behalf of Raider Nation Radio, Lotus Broadcasting, our sister station, Fox Sports Radio 1340, everybody behind the scenes, especially on the game day broadcast, Dan Duva. Obviously, Gary Lawless, Ryan, the hockey guy, everybody who's been involved with this, especially, you know, the teams, the people that build these remotes and work at the games and work behind the scenes, the engineers that get it all in the air. I thought that was just appropriate. The last week has been a whirlwind from Tuesday winning game five of the Stanley Cup to the celebration afterwards to the parade that came on Saturday to this broadcast on Monday. I wanted to make sure we put a bow on it. Thanked all of our proud partners who are associated with our station, which is directly associated with the Vegas Golden Knights. And when we come back tomorrow, we get back to the national news, the Raiders talk. If there's anything with the Golden Knights, the NBA, the Raiders, before they come back from their little vacation, before they get ready for what I think is going to be a really interesting and very exciting training camp. We'll do it all here for you every day. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back tomorrow. Little double shot tomorrow here, noon to two, four to seven on Sirius XM. Enjoy the summer right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. All right. and I'm just-